What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate, and yes, you're listening to a B-side. Now, look, yes, we've talked about B-sides before, but remember, every episode is somebody's first episode. So, for our new folks, B-sides are essentially random, looser shows we have in between our larger shows. These are much less structured and somehow even more lit. Yes, even more lit than our regularly scheduled shows. If you want to know what I mean by more lit, Soundman going to drop some air horns right here. Soundman, give them to me. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Now, listen, sometimes, you know, we have discussions as a follow up to the regular full time shows just with the hosts. Sometimes it's one host having an extended monologue. And sometimes we actually have a special guest. Yes, that's right. A special guest. And today is no different. We actually have Rod, a.k.a. half of the show from the black guy who tips. Now, let's. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for being here. Now, look. Look, 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 look. Rod is an entrepreneur, comedian, writer, and most prominently, half of the firepower behind the Black Guy Who Tips. Rod and his, along with his lovely wife, Karen Morrow, aka Say That Again on social media, record out of North Carolina where they talk about everything you want to hear about. With that being said, welcome to the show, Rod. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Man, I appreciate you responding, bro. It's and it's funny you talk about Twitter fame. You talk about celebrity and like being famous, right? It's, and I was about to make like a like you famous joke, but I you know I know recognize some people have various levels of sensitivity about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> for those of us who don't know you, man, explain the title: "The Black Guy Who Tips." Uh, the Black Guy Who Tips is a comedy podcast. The title basically started from there's so much anti-blackness in the service industry towards black um, like people as patrons. And my wife and I, we uh, we both pop, we both co-host this podcast. My wife and I, we both used to be waiters as well. During all this time, as as waiters and stuff, you know, we faced we we were on the other side. We got to see what waiters and companies think of black patrons, and it's not cool, you know. And a lot of them have racist attitudes, and then they go, "Black people don't tip," you know. They treat us like trash. Right. And they- and they expect us to not just tip, but basically to over tip to compensate for the fact that we're black. Now, the the original uh, title is from a blog I used to write as a comedy blog. And I call myself the black guy who tips because I was like, I'm sick of people saying black people don't tip. So if right. you're saying that, you know, at least one black person who tips if you read my blog, it's me. <laughs> And I know I'm not, I know I'm not alone. I'm not, you know, I'm not the only one. So, uh, it, absolutely know. not, man. And listen, I also tip. Okay. And I always at least tip 15%. Okay. Now, yeah. I, I over tip and I, I wish I could get that out of my system because I over tip mostly because I used to be a server, right? but, but part of it is the black thing that hangs over all black people where we're, we feel like we're always representing everyone. It's not fair right. that, you know, cause I've done, I've been in situations where I'm like, man, this guy was terrible. What a horrible waiter. I'm only going to give him 20% because I am sick. And I'm like, I'm like, I should just not tip this dude. Like he was terrible. But I, I for some reason, I, I hope I get over that hangout one day, man. <laughs> it's funny, right? Because I actually have a friend and he worked at a Papa Do's out here in Houston. And so, and he's a, a white brother. So what he would do is, he said, when people would come in, it'll be black people. They wouldn't say, "Oh, we got black people over there." They would use code language. Right? You want to know what the code language they use to say, "Oh, they got some. We got some black folks over here." Uh, I hope it wasn't Canadians. It was Canadians, dog. Oh, see, <laughs> I've been on the other side. I've dealt with it. It's the worst. Yes, man. He'd be like, "Yeah, we got some Canadians over there." 
I'm curious, before you started the Black Guy Who Tips live and before you started doing that full time, did you have any moments while you were working in corporate America that you were like, wow, you've never, you've clearly never worked with a black man before. And I ask because we're coming off of full episode with Michael Williams, who's a financial banking executive. And he was talking about his stories and his experiences in corporate America. And I'm just curious, man, do you have any similar, any similar stories about like, wow, it's clear that you've just never, you've never worked with a black man before. Uh, yeah, I've had a few, you know, um, I worked in corporate America for, oh, oh man. Since I was 16, I think I was doing internships and then also during the summer working as a um, waiter and stuff. So, yeah, I have I have plenty of stories. Uh, I, I One quick one. Uh, I had a manager when, later in my career, like one of the last managers I ever had. I had a manager who was a white dude from like New Jersey. Pretty, you know, a guy that you would see generally as a pretty progressive white man okay. or older white man. Like I never felt he was overtly racist, but he was very like liberal okay. racist. <laughs> um, and so he would do this thing where we get in a meeting and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to me like this, but some white dudes like really dramatize their anger. Like anger is their thing at work. It's not yeah. that, you know, he wasn't angry towards anyone in the room. He was never rude or mean to anyone. I, I never saw him snap. But he would do stuff like be angry at a situation. So he'd be like, oh, and this this F, you know, F word, not not the slur, but like, right, right, you know, right, right, right. Uh, this F, this F, this mother F word would do this and this son of a B would do that. And I'm like, OK, so he's angry. Right. And he's frustrated. I, I He has that room to do that. And so we'd be at a meeting. And then, like, if I were to be like, well, you know, um, I was working with this vendor and they did this. And I just don't understand why they would do that, because essentially it's going to cost them extra money and i'm trying to convince them to do blank and it'll help everyone out he would like put his hand on my shoulder like calm down rod it's okay you know don't don't be too upset i'm like i'm not upset he's like yeah i, I mean yeah just it's okay big fella i'm like what is happening right now <laughs> like i'm <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna get upset but and it, and it took a few of those meetings before i realized oh he's kind of like afraid of me right and that's not like it makes me uncomfortable because it put he's my manager well, he's putting me in a position where I'm like an aggressor and I'm not. And yet he walks around all day spouting off, you know, cuss words and 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 all this stuff. And, 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 and it's OK. So, yeah, I was like, this guy just doesn't know black people, I guess. Man. So. So, look, let's 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 trade a couple stories until we run out. Let's see how awkward we can get with some of these stories about just working while black. OK, so here. I So I heard yours. So I'm going to match yours with this one. So. Uh, this was before I got in, into consulting. Right. And I was working. I was working in the energy space. It was my birthday. So my boss wasn't there for my birthday. And to your point, she was also very liberal white woman. She would I think by all other accounts, you would consider her progressive. Right. So I walk into my cubicle and I see like this shadow. Like I see like a shadow like in my cubicle. I'm like, who's sitting in my desk? Now, Rod, I then walk into my cubicle and I see this big inflated light-skinned monkey in my chair oh way yes way so then i see the monkey and i'm like what is this so then i turn the monkey around and it has a little like a little necklace thing on it like a lanyard and it says happy birthday zach wow dude that's that's insane so i look at it and i'm like what so then i take it and so you know get my boss isn't there so i i First, of course, I take a picture. I got to take a picture. I send it to my parents. And then I take it and I put the monkey at her desk because she's not there. 
So then the next mm-hmm. day, so then the next day, right? She goes, "Hey, did you see my monkey? Did you see the monkey? Did you see? Did you see the, your birthday present?" And I said, "I did." Um, yeah, that was really disappointing and inappropriate, right? So not not that it would be a surprise to you at all. I then got turned into I have the attitude problem. I'm overly sensitive, mm-hmm. right? She starts she starts tearing up. I'm like, what is going on? You put a monkey at my desk, right? And yep. just and it's just like wow, like you clearly never considered, you know. And you know, she came out later was like, you know, I like monkeys. Like monkeys, are like my favorite animal. Blah blah blah. blah. And I'm like, okay, I mean that's that's fine for you personally right but for you to then give that to somebody and such a big one too right it wasn't even like a small gesture dog it was huge it was so i'm six too so it wasn't as big as me but it was it was a big monkey man like it was big enough to when i walked around the corner i thought i i thought someone was sitting at my desk which is crazy man so let me ask you something because you know i know <laughs> what would you have done in that situation I just, I'm just like off the cuff. Like, what what would have been your reaction? Well, see, this is the thing. I'm not very reactionary, and I'm probably, believe it or not, one of the more patient people most people know. I probably would have not been too moved to anger or offense or shock. I probably, but I would have taken that monkey out of my cubicle for sure. Um, put it somewhere like in a car or something, like somewhere away from me. Um, and then I would have pulled her to the side and been like, "Listen, um, I don't look. I don't know how this." goes with you and other black people but um don't do that again towards me and you probably should never do that again with another black person because my assumption is you're not aware but this can be perceived as racist and this is why you know yeah and you know my general um responses that i've had from checking white people on racism has not been one of uh too much animosity but mostly because i'm i'm just not I'm very rarely triggered to anger. Uh, so for the most part, I haven't had to deal with uh, a fragile white person breaking down, crying and stuff. But yeah, I, I mean, but you did the right. There's nothing you did wrong. And there's nothing, you know, like I said, I, I can only hope that that would be the response is that they'd be like, my bad. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I, I mean, what else do I want at that point? If I don't want you fired, then I just want to my fault player won't do it again and that's and then i'm cool i i really it'll become a funny story that i remember and tell people or whatever but i yeah i, I don't you know i probably would handle it pretty even kill uh probably wouldn't have went to hr even though i, I would have had every right to um right. i'm i'm just not that kind of person really you transition from you know working for somebody else to really building so i don't want to be hyperbolic and say an empire right or a dynasty and be corny but <laughs> You've <laughs> you've built you've built something for yourself, like you and your wife, of course, with with the help of your wife. And shout out to the to the wives out there. I mean, my wife, she's not on my podcast, but she definitely supports me and helps me and holds me down as I'm doing all of this stuff. But, you know, what advice would you give to people who are actively in corporate America, black and brown folks who are trying to navigate, especially if they're trying to navigate and they're thinking about ways to find another avenue outside of working a nine to five? Yeah, okay. Uh man, there's so much I can say. I'll start with first uh in my corporate American stint where uh, I got laid off twice in the span of the like 4 years that I was doing the podcast while working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe it was 5, but either way, um the podcast I always treated like I would treat if I had a second job. Like I I made sure to make the time and the preparation and I treated it in many ways like a full-time job before it was a full-time job. So by that, I mean it was not a hobby. Now, there's nothing wrong with a podcast as a hobby. There's nothing wrong with anything as a hobby. Right. We need 
especially as black people, we need outlets outside of corporate structures, specifically corporate structures that are encapsulated white spaces. So, you know, you always have these voices inside that might not get out and you need to feed that voice because it'll die if you if you let it. So for me, I say, look, work on your craft as if you're already doing it full time to a certain extent. Be professional. You know, think about your sound quality. Think about the time commitment. Consistency is key. These are all boring things, I'm telling you. But the the boring things are what the boring things are basically is basically Mr. Miyagi showing making you wash his car and uh saying his his <laughs> fence. Um, but but then when you become when you make that transition into make, trying to monetize it you already know, you know, wax on, wax off. And that's, that's what keeps it working. That's what makes it easy, the basics. So, uh, yeah, learn your craft, learn your tools, right? Learn your microphones that you use, how to get the best sound out of it, your internet setup, how to get your best communication when you want to have guests. You're going to have to learn, you know, your equipment and internet hosting things, you know, like what are the differences on sites, all that stuff. Um, everything is so Googleable at this point. YouTube right. has so many tutorials. I use Audacity to record. It's a basic free software. I still use it to this day. Same here, yeah, for sure. Right, and I know people that have paid like hundreds and thousands of dollars for rigs, and you're like, and then they'll hit me up. How'd you get that sound? I'm like, oh, Audacity, and right. they hit up. Oh, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's plenty of ways to plenty of paths, and then the most thing I would want you to remember. From coming from a corporate America background where they really do a job um, on our brains of trying to smush us all into these cubicles and these boxes and these linear thinking of all of us should think the same way. Don't think outside of the box. Don't be too creative, right? Right, right. When, when you're in your personal space and you're creating something from scratch for yourself, make it for you. Make it as personal as you would like. May, I made the podcast I would love to have heard when I was working. I made the podcast that was going to be with me five days a week and talk about topics that were random, but could be comedic, could be serious. I made the podcast that was going to like make me not feel like a crazy person in a corporate structure where you go to work and some of your people that you work with voted for Trump. Some of the people you work with, you know, you may be the only black person they know, you know, like. I, but I wanted to make a show for um, black and brown people all over the globe that where they didn't feel uh, alone for a couple hours a day or whatever. So they would be like, oh, yeah. I, OK, so you saw that, too. And that was crazy to you as well. Yeah. OK, cool. I, You know, I'm having this is like uh, sitting at the lunch table again. And many podcasts have done that for me as well as a listener working and working for myself. Those are like the basic things I would say. Man, that's dope, Rod. I appreciate it, man. I'm curious, man. Before we wrap up, first of all, I have a random, unrelated question. Do you right. see, do you see yourself creating another video on social media that had as much um, vitriol as that kick as that Kit Kat video? I don't think I could do that if I tried, and I, <laughs> I don't even know. I have no idea what goes viral. There's another video of me <laughs> eating Talenti. Where I smoked it like uh like you like a heroin spoon. Yes, with a, I saw that. A, yeah, now for some reason that one never goes truly viral, but I'm like, that's the that's the most creative one I ever did. That one was wonderful. Yeah, the Kit Kat one was just me uh being a I just thought it would be funny. Uh and I have several other videos of I had one where I tried to uh I can't remember uh oh I tried to <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I, I tried to snort candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous, but that one didn't get picked up. So, hey, man, I have no idea what will make people mad. I'm not trying to make them mad, but boy, did that one make them mad. So beyond beyond the implication of like you like actually like harming yourself, it'd be really funny. If you melted down a Hershey's bar and like and it injected it between your toes, right? I, I, you you should have heard the idea board that I've just thrown at my wife over the like. You know what I should do? I should take a Kit Kat and I'm gonna put it in some soup or something. And she's just like, "Don't do that." I'm like, "You're right, right." Man, I shared that I shared that video with my wife. I shared the video of the Kit Kat with my wife. She was like, "Oh, I'm just so offended, dog." She was so mad. People were watching it like I like hurt a small child or something. Like they're like, oh, why? Why would you do that? I'm it, like, it's just a candy bar. You, you can eat it you want. You also dunked on them at the end when you said, "Are you mad?" <laughs> and they were mad. I, who knew? They were really mad, man. I thought we'd all have a laugh, but we did not. Any shout outs? Any at all? Any shout outs you have at all? I mean, well, you know, obviously my wife Karen could not do uh, the blackout test without her. Yes. Um, shout out to Karen Hairhorns for Karen. Yeah. Yes. Ironically, like honestly, the show would not be named the Black Guy Who Tips, but she did not. She was not sure she would make a good co-host. Which anybody that has listened to our show is like, what? That's crazy, straight up. <laughs> like, I, like I don't even take it as offense anymore. It's like I know nobody comes for me. They come for Karen, and then I'm just out there throwing alley oops and letting her dunk over people. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh, is that. But it would be probably the Rod and Karen show, which may not be as nearly as uh would have gotten the same traction so maybe it helped out even though she uh wasn't trying to so yeah that would be the you know obviously all the podcasts i listen to and all the podcast friends and family uh, that we've established over the years and black podcasters podcasters of color in general you know we out here our voices are important don't give up man just keep making the show for you don't look at other people's race run your race and, uh, you know, try to be better every time you take the mic. That's the best realest advice I can give. Man, Rob, we appreciate it. That does it for us here on the Living Corporate Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Living Corporate, Twitter at Living Corp underscore pod, and subscribe to our newsletter through living-corporate.com. We also have a Patreon, so if you can spare a dollar a month, yes, just a dollar. To support content that explores the perspectives and experiences of black and brown people in corporate America, show us some love. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer and read on the show, make sure you email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. My name is Zach. You've been listening to Rod, a.k.a. Rodimus Prime, a.k.a. half of the firepower behind the black guy who tips. Go ahead and shout him out one last time, Rod. Theblackguytips.com. Find us, okay? At, uh, you can go on Twitter at TBGWT. You can follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Prime and um, drop the air horns right now. There it is. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.